There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into our Wednesday edition of the podcast. We are still in Linden, Vermont. We're in the midst of the special services here at the Bethel Anabaptist Tabernacle. Pastor Gary Hartsock has been here for 30 years. So we thank the Lord for his faithfulness. Thank the Lord for the people of God here. Please pray for these services. And then coming up soon is the Youth Week in Black Creek, New York. Uh, That'll be in about a week and a half. And so I know a lot of folks that listen to the podcast will be heading to New York for those services. Begin to pray. Pray that God would just have his way. That everything done in those services will bring glory and honor to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the meantime, please do pray for the folks here in Vermont and for the meeting, for the church, for the pastor. And we're just looking forward to what God can do in these services. He is able to do. And we hear a lot of negative reports here. A lot of folks are lamenting the government and the oppression and, and churches falling away. But can I say there is a God that is able to fix those things. There is a God that is able to fix people's lives. The King James Bible, the preaching of the word of God can change a life and how we thank the Lord for that. Job chapter 31, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then? Should I think upon a maid? Now, again, Job does not tell us in this that he's continuing his parable. And we've seen kind of an in and out in this parable. Sometimes it's a continual thing. I've wrestled over this one because of verses that go on down. In verse 10, he talks about his wife. And uh, and he goes on down, talks to me, grinded up on another. And so there's some other places here. I don't necessarily see all of this as messianic. There's a time I feel like Job kind of goes in and out on this. And there's places absolutely could be Jesus Christ. But I want to look at the literal today. And so we begin Job 31. And that literal is I've made a covenant with mine eyes. And that's the, what he's done. Why then should I think upon a maid? It doesn't say look upon, it says think upon a maid. And so a man sometimes can't help but notice and by notice, that means he's seen her with his eyes, but he doesn't have to think on that. He doesn't have to dwell on that. The old adage, you know, you, you can't help but look sometimes, but you don't have to look twice. Well, looking twice is not necessarily sin, but if you think upon that and begin to let that conceive in your heart, you're in trouble. And how many of many a good man has fallen because of that woman? How many a good man has fallen uh, because that woman has caught his eye, caught his attention, and then he thinks upon that maid? And what a terrible thing that is. And so many good men, so many preachers, so many missionaries, evangelists, and yet it continues, yet it presses on. We can blame yoga pants and mini skirts and the Jezebel down at Walmart, but we don't blame ourselves. We don't blame our eyes. We don't blame that covenant we've not made. And yet he made a covenant with his eyes. He should not think upon a maid. Don't let his thoughts go upon that. Don't let your thoughts dwell upon that. Don't let adulterous thoughts linger in your mind. Don't let fornicated thoughts think in your mind. And don't let these things linger. Don't let them be a part of your life. Don't let them uh, take occasion by you. Why? Because God is the judge of the whoremonger and the adulterer. In verse 2, for what a portion of God is there from above, 
and what inheritance of the Almighty from on high? Is not destruction to the wicked and a strange punishment to the workers of iniquity? And so he speaks of that in the context when he's speaking about thinking upon a maid. What portion of God is there from above? And by the way, God will send you the right wife. You don't have to go shopping. This isn't a dating society. It's not a dating game. God will send you the wife that you need. God will send you the husband that you need, ladies. And I know we don't believe that anymore, but God has a way to do that. And you just have to be willing. One thing, I believe a man findeth a wife. I believe that man should be searching for a wife. I don't have a problem with a young man going to a meeting, trying to meet a wife. I've known young men who travel great distances trying to meet a young lady. They've gone to other churches to meet a young lady. They hear about uh, a meeting or they hear about a person. I've known older men that their wives had passed on and they were told about a single lady somewhere and they went and scouted, if you will, and then married her. I know an older couple that each of them, their spouses had died not too far apart and uh, they met at a meeting, reacquainted after many years and he just had in his heart, I, I need to see this lady. And they eventually got married and they're still living for the Lord. And what a joy that is. What a blessing that is. You don't have to be a fornicator. Uh, God's portion for a man is he gives him a wife, he gives him a good thing. God's portion for a lady is a husband is a blessing from the Lord. It doesn't seem like it a lot of times, but it is a blessing from the Lord that God would give a lady a husband to rule over her and to protect her and to provide for her and to meet the needs of her life. And then he says, and what inheritance of the Almighty from on high? But then he also warns us, is not destruction to the wicked. And so if you can see these things wickedly, there is destruction in that. And so many wounded themselves in sin. So many have absolutely destroyed themselves in sin, destroyed their conscience, destroyed their abilities, uh, destroyed their natural affection. And that's why men doing that which is unseemly, they worked that which is unseemly. Why? Because they don't, they've left the natural use of a woman. And the natural use of a woman for a man is very clearly defined. It's not something illicit or something perverse. It's natural, and it's natural for a married couple. And one of the joys of a young man who's kept pure, and by the way, that's pretty rare today. Some would say they're pure, but they've not been pure with their digital device or with uh, their fingers. And they've not been pure with their pornography. They just just never met a woman. And uh, yet they go into a marriage, and they're defiled, just as defiled as a fornicator and adulterer is. They're just as messed up as the fornicator or the adulterer. And yet God can fix those things. God can make those things holy. God can make those things right. He's had a strange punishment to the workers of iniquity. And what are those strange punishments? We're hearing about this today. And I'm not going to be too graphic on here. I know we have children that listen to this, but I'll just say this for the parents out there. They got little blue pills for men. Uh, they got all kinds of problems for women and things that help women and all kinds of creams and odors and bacteria uh, removers and wart removers. And they got all these things. Why? Because sin takes a toll on us. And the strange punishments to the worker of iniquity. Uh, many years ago, I heard a man preach about the recompense of their error in Romans chapter 1. What is the recompense of their error? They live in the doctor's office. Why do they live in the doctor's office? Because they have diseases. They have viruses. Some of them are kill them. Some of them are fatal. Some of them they'll die. And, you know, we have a, a man in sports that uh, they say that has HIV. And so he had to retire from basketball, yet he played in the Olympics. And he was a great hero to America. He's become a multi, worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. The man with HIV He's become the role model and the spokesman and all of those things for the, for the AIDS awareness in America. He's yoked up with Rick Warren and others fighting AIDS across the planet. And if they really want to fight AIDS, they'd speak out against fornication. If they want to fight AIDS, they'd speak out against adultery. But they're fighting AIDS because it's a moneymaker. It was a moneymaker because the sodomite community has dumped billions of dollars into AIDS because it's greatly afflicted them. Why has it greatly afflicted them? God's rewarded them according to their error. 
God's recompense them according to their error. And these are strange punishments to the worker of iniquity. But folks don't see it that way. Uh, it's just natural to them. It's normal to them. They live that lifestyle. They live that way. And by the way, the fornicator is the same way. The fornicator is on pins and needles. The girl's on pins and needles, hoping that uh, her test comes back negative. The fornicating boy is on pins and needles, hoping he doesn't have to go to the doctor. Why? Because they're wicked and godless and vile. That's why it's important to not even think upon a maid. Doth not he see my ways and count all my steps? Does God not know where you are? Does not God know, know what you're thinking? Does God not know where your hearts and your thoughts are concerning these things and concerning these matters? And, and I know I'm plowing to something here that you say, well, how would you use this passage for that? Well, because he says, should not think upon a maid. And then he gives us the rest of this after thinking upon a maid. Why? Because that's man's maid most. Why then did he say to not think upon a maid? Because that is most men's problem. Uh, the greatest snare they'll face in this life is one of unbelief concerning the scripture, concerning a maid. Concerning adultery. Why? Because that man gets to a point that he cannot return. It doesn't matter what God said. It doesn't matter how strong his convictions are. It doesn't matter how holy he may seem. It doesn't matter how much he's read or prayed that, that morning. If he does not flee fornication, he does not separate himself from that mate, does not look upon that mate, he is in trouble. He's in trouble with God. He is prone to be destroyed. He said, if I have walked with vanity or if my foot hath hasted to deceit, let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know mine integrity. And so he said that. He says, if God would, if, if he sees my deceit, if he sees my footsteps going off, if he sees me faltering, let God go ahead and just judge me is what he's really saying. Let me be weighed in an even balance. Why? That God may know mine integrity. And that God may know it. Why? Because God can straighten it out. When we lose integrity, God can change it. When we lose integrity, God can make us a right. When we lose those things, God can perfect that which concerneth me. And how does he do that? With his chastening hand. And God can chasten whom he loveth. Why? So therefore, he has to weigh us in those even balances. He doesn't weigh us against everybody else and against who else is pure and who else is clean. And I've learned the people that talk about purity the most are the ones that are the most impure. The ones that would dare to boast of those things are the ones that are usually the most unclean. It's like the ones that brag about what great Christians they are. They're usually the farthest from great Christians. Those that, that brag of their righteousness, they're usually the farthest from righteousness. They're self-righteous is what they are. If my step hath turned out of the way, and mine heart walked after mine eyes, and there it summarizes, and if any blood hath cleaved to mine hands. So what does he say? That if my step hath turned out of the way, how quick can our step turn out of the way? Well, all we got to do is just take one step to the left, turn and look. We've stepped out of God's way. All we got to do is get our eyes. And by the way, Asaph wrote that beautiful psalm of Psalm 73 about his feet had almost slipped. And why? He was almost fallen. He was almost gone. He was heading down on a downhill slope just that quick when he looked at when he saw the prosperity of the wicked. And that's also snared a lot of men. They see the prosperity. When a man gets old, that pride of life, it seems, affects him more than when it's a young man. When you're a young man, you have things you can be proud of, I understand. You have your youth, your vibrancy, you can still stay in shape, and you can be strong. And, you know, if you if you have any looks, and if not, you can go get plastic surgery and maybe uh, get some liposuction, maybe have some Botox injections and change your looks a little bit. And, you know, you find yourself, you look in the mirror, you find yourself attractive because you're vain and you're empty and there's nothing to you. And you worry more about your hairstyle than you do about godliness. And, and the same with a young lady. 
You know, she worries more about what she looks like than what God thinks about her. She worries more about what the boys think about her than God thinks about her. And so you got this generation of Jezebels. And I'm talking about in church. And you got this generation of Jezebels that they're all dolled up and made up and painted up. And all they're trying to do is hide everything that they got that's, that's faulty and flawed. And some people have more flaws than others. Some people have more acne. Some people have more uh, wrinkles. Some people have more uh, blemishes. Some people have crooked teeth. Some people have straight teeth. Some people have big noses, small noses. His hairy noses. Some people's eyes are crossed. Some people's eyes are straight. Some people have one eye. Some people have no eyebrows. Some people paint on their eyebrows. Every one of us is different. But it's your standing with God that matters. And we don't weigh that out. And so, so many times someone will turn out of the way so quickly because of vanity. What will people think of me? What will this change my standing? And that's, by the way, it's why Peter denied Christ, is it not? When they came to him and said, you were with him, he denied him, said he knew him not. And yet when that rooster crowed, he was, of course, ashamed and embarrassed and went out. And, and what a sorrow that was to Peter. But yet there's so many people that take that single step and they're out of God's way. And so he says, if my step hath turned out of the way and mine heart walked after mine eyes. That's why he made that covenant. It was his heart follow. And it's easy to fall in love. Oh, my goodness. It's so easy. I heard a guy say one time, he said, I can't help it. I'm Italian. We fall in love all the time. And I've known men that, and when I say they loved, they truly fell in love with a woman. And uh, as soon as she dumped him, he could fall in love with her. I knew a man that could fall in love with the drop of a hat. He loved three or four women at the time. And I mean, he loved them. He genuinely cared. They'd break his heart, he'd weep and sob and go to the bar and drown his sorrows and meet another one and fall in love with her. And falling in love is easy. It's so easy to do. Why? Because you're following your heart. And if your eyes have deceived your heart and your heart follows your eyes, and he said, if any blot hath cleaved to mine hands, what an awful thing to see that blot, that, that stain of sin is cleaved to my hands. That's why we must have clean hands. That's why Jesus Christ was recompensed by the cleanness of his hands. That's why the word of God told us that we also need to have clean hands. Why lest that blot cleave to us, that thing which we have followed, that thing which we've chased, that thing we've sought after, that thing we turned aside unto and took into our hands and brought that fire to us. What a tragedy. What a terrible thing. Yet it's, it's plagued all of us. It's plagued. I say, anybody listen to this podcast, there's a time your steps have turned away. Just one step away from God. And you're away from God. It's that simple. If I tell my children, stand right here, they take a step away. They disobeyed. And yet so many times we turn aside our own lusts, our own desires, our own wants, and let our eyes lead us astray. If your heart follows, you're in trouble. If your hands have, have cleaved, that blood has cleaved to my hands. What does that mean? It's been joined to my hand. It's, it's there to stay. He said, then let me sow and let another eat. Yea, let my offspring be rooted out. So he said, let me sow and let another eat. What does that mean? I've gone through to my field. And Lord, if I've done this, whatever I've planned, let somebody else eat it. If I've made this what it is, let somebody else be the benefactor. And it's the evidence of what they've done, the evidence of sin, the evidence of turned aside from God. And then he said, let my offspring be rooted out. In verse 9, he summarizes this section of it. And I, I probably verse 9 and 10. If my heart have been deceived by a woman, or if I have laid wait at my neighbor's door, then let my wife grind unto another and let others bow down upon her. For this is an heinous crime. Yea, it is an iniquity to be punished by the judges. And I'm going to stop there because I really want to touch on this because it's a continuation that goes on tomorrow. Think on these things. Make sure your steps are where God would have them to be. Ladies, make sure you're not trying to find yourself attractive to men. Make sure you're not trying to catch the eye of men. Young ladies, you don't need to catch the eye of men. You need to catch the eye of God. 
Young men, no lady's going to find you attractive anyway. Why don't you just find yourself in a position where you seek God and find God and get back where God wants you to be and put your steps right with God's. Quit looking at girls. Quit looking at women. Quit looking upon them to lust. God forbid your heart follow those things. And if you have been snared, but your heart has followed those things, may God grant you repentance that you come unto the truth and turn wholly back to him. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.